Welcome! This is the CGMI Living Springs Gospel Podcast. Stay tuned as you listen to the Word of God. Let's just look at something quickly. First of all, um, Pastor Bay has done an amazing job. Pastor Pepper started um, on Thursday, the very first Thursday of the month. And then Pastor Bay has done a fantastic job. Last Thursday was really, really, really wonderful. So today I'm probably just going to pick, pick up from where he stopped, but just end what he was saying. He said a lot and ended it, but I just want to talk about um, a very important part of it. So, according to what I will be learning, what's a local church? What's a local church? A local church by our teaching is simply a, a coming together of a group of Christians with the goal of fellowshipping and worshipping God together and fellowshipping with one another, right? The goal, so a local church is a coming together of believers. And when we say a local church, we are not talking of redeem or deeper life or church of God mission. We are speaking about the assembly of Christians. Hallelujah. The coming together of Christians to fellowship together and pursue their Christian work together. Okay? Uh, Jesus himself had recommended this when he said to his disciples to not leave Jerusalem. Uh, he didn't mean that they should not eventually go out. He meant for them to stay together and fellowship with each other that they had received the Holy Spirit who will then quicken and enable them for the next phase of the work that they had to do. So, in Acts chapter 1, we see uh, Luke talking about, or we read about Luke talking about how Jesus had given the final instructions to, the, to his disciples. And then we also read of how they spent time together. Then in Acts chapter 2, they received the Holy Spirit and begin manifestation. So the entire book of Acts talks about the, early, the very first coming together of Christians. For the pursuit of the gospel. Okay, so we've clarified the local church is coming together of Christians for the purpose of pursuing the gospel. What purpose? I'll read Acts chapter 1. The scripture I want to read in Acts chapter 1. Let's go there quickly. Jesus was talking to his disciples and they had asked him, they had asked him, Oh, what will what will we do? Okay, so Acts chapter 1, verse 7. Um, so I'll read from verse 6. It says, When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, will thou at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father had put in his own power. But you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And here's the part I want us to take note of. And ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. So here's Jesus summarizing what was expected of them. He says, you will receive power after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you, right? 
After now we see, after this, uh, if you read further down, you see him telling them to stay together in Jerusalem until they receive the Holy Spirit, right? So he says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you together and you will receive power and then you will be what? Witnesses unto me. So, when we say a coming together of Christians to pursue their Christian work, what is the Christian work? The Christian work is to be a witness to Christ. That's the summation of the Christian work. To be a witness to and for Christ. Hallelujah. To be a witness is to be a testimony of something that speaks of some something or that speaks for something. Does that make sense? To be a witness to mean something that gives that gives a good testament of something. So if I say um, gift is a witness to me, it means that gift gift testament of my personality. Right? So Jesus says that they will receive power or that you will receive power after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be witnesses unto him. So the coming together of the church, the, the goal for the church is to be a witness to Christ. That's the ultimate pursuit. That's the Christian work. The Christian work is to be a testament or a witness to Jesus Christ. Okay. So we've talked about what the church is. We've talked about why the church. So what is, this is the actual part I want to talk about. So what's my role in that church? What's the role of the individual members of the church? If we say the church is a coming together of Christians who want to fellowship with each other and pursue their Christian work together or encouraging each other in the pursuit of their Christian work. And we have defined Christian work as being witnesses to Christ. Right? So what's the role of the individual? Hallelujah. Are we following or am I boring? I'm calm. I'm calm today, right? I'm unusually calm. So what's, the, what's, what's my responsibility? Pastor Obey had talked a lot last week about the talent and um, the relevance of each talent and each person's talent in the working of everybody. He did a fantastic job of it. Because one of the biggest misconceptions of in, our, in, the, in Christian teaching is that we had always associated the talents with money. So anytime we hear talent, always go to, oh, money, God gave us, God gave, and the master gave them 5,000 naira, 2,000 naira, 1,000 naira, and one traded this. 5,000 naira. So, those who think they don't have money assume they don't have talent. So, but the idea is that according to Pastor Obey, the talent is the abilities and the opportunities that God has given you. So, as we begin to talk about the responsibility, we'll see that sometimes opportunities are more valuable than, than the opportunities that you have had to been exposed to or the experiences you have had are in many cases way more valuable than money and are sometimes more useful in the things in the in, in the church in fellowshiping one another than your money 
Okay. So that's one thing I, I took from um, last week's discussion. So what's my responsibility? What's my responsibility? Our responsibility to each other. There's a scripture I want us to read. Okay, I'll read it after talking about the, the first two points I want to make. It's inefficient. I think Pastor Bay read it as well last week. The coming together of Christians for the pursuit of their Christian faith. What do they do for each other? To encourage each other. To strengthen each other. Strengthen. To strengthen each other. To strengthen each other. To edify each other. But more importantly, to draw from the individual experiences of each other. That's what it means to strengthen each other. Hallelujah. So this is where I was going with my first discussion when I said, my first um, statement when I said, sometimes our experiences are way more valuable as a church, as a brotherhood, than the things that we can give, whether it is clothes, shoes, money, or other things. And I'll tell you why. If you read the scriptures, if you read especially the New Testament, is it easy to make this um, analogy with the New Testament? You find out that the writers of the of the New Testament, each person each person wrote from their experiences, right? Peter wrote from his experience, right? Luke also wrote from his experience. If you read it, the the ones that give you the best understanding as a person depend on the ones that are written by the person to whom you might share some kind of experiences. So it's easy for a lot of us to understand from Paul's perspective. Right? But you see, in my parents' time, it was easier for them to understand from the experiences of the apostles, the first books, Matthew, Mark. It was easier for them to understand those ones. Because their experiences were similar to that. That's what I think. So you see that each person's experience has an expression when they are giving witness of Christ. So that the things and the processes and places that God has taken you to or through are also relevant to your being a witness to Christ. They are as well relevant to your fellowship with one another in the church. Does that make sense? So I'll give an example. If a man had struggled with um, what's the thing? What's one of those things that are easy to okay? Smoking. Somebody has struggled with smoking, and he had that problem for a very long time, and he then overcame it. And he's in the church, and there's somebody else who's also having that same struggle. Who do you think will be the best person to encourage that man or to strengthen him through that struggle? The man who has gone through it or the man who has no clue what cigarette tastes like? The man who has gone through it. So it's easy to use cigarette as an analogy. But you see, every experience that you have gone through in life, that God has taken you through in life, is relevant to your witnessing of Christ and to your fellowship with one another. Because it is what where you have drawn strength from. is where you have found God. Is when is where you have experienced God. It is that point. From that point that you can also share with somebody. 
Hallelujah. So when we say we strengthen one another, it is not in... Let me, let, there's, a, there's a scripture that comes to mind when we talk about strengthening. It's in Proverbs chapter 27, I think. It says, as iron sharpened iron, so a, a friend, a, so a man the countenance of his friend, I think. So, when we hear iron sharpened iron, what first comes to mind is, everybody wants to clean iron, right? You want a sharp knife and a sharp knife rubbing against each other and, and sharpening each other, right? But you see, sometimes, the objects that sharpen the most are the rough ones. The rough objects are the ones that sharpen the most. So the objects that have gone through cracks, through bricks, because they are rough, they sharpen the faster, the fastest. They sharpen the other iron faster. Have you noticed? What are the things they use to sharpen things? Just think of them. They are rough. But you see, as rough as they are, the more they sharpen, the more they also become smooth. So no matter how rough your own experiences are, they are relevant in your witnessing and in your fellowship in the church. In fact, the rougher, the better. The rougher, the faster you sharpen others. Does that make sense? So a man who has gone through two two divorces can spot a divorce case about to happen from a mile away. Say, hey, don't do that. That thing will lead, can lead to divorce three years from now. For he who has no clue what it is. Okay, so I've talked about, I've used bad experiences as an analogy. But you see, the experience that you also have of God is relevant in your fellowship and in your witnessing. So your responsibility as a Christian in the church, your primary responsibility is to strengthen and to edify. So as I'm talking, start to ask yourself two questions. Who have I strengthened since? Strengthened. Count from the day that you started attending church. If you can remember. Start asking yourself. Who have I strengthened? So you see that one of the reasons that we're told to come to church, they are not bad reasons though, is that one of, one of the funniest ones, though true in some way, is that we should come to church, that we come to church every Sunday to receive blessings. Hmm. But the confusing part is that the blessings usually come from when the man of God is preaching or praying. So that's the reason we come to church. It's not, it's not, not entirely wrong. But that's not the reason for the church. The reason for the church is not the pastor. The reason for the church is the members of the church, including the pastor. Does that make sense? So, if your goal for coming to a church is to come and sit down and wait for pastor to preach and for you to get blessed and for you to go home, you're a very selfish Christian. You're a very selfish Christian. If that's what you have been doing, say to yourself, I am a very selfish Christian. I need to repent. And I'm not joking. Say to yourself, I have been very selfish. I need to repent. If all you have been doing is going to church. And the funny thing is that many of us look for the churches where the pastor can preach better. Or where the pastor prays better. Or where we hear that miracles happen better. 
we have never or we never ask ourselves in what church will I be of better benefit to the people that are there? Hallelujah. But your responsibility in the church is to strengthen one another. If all you have been doing is receiving strength and you've never, you have never given strength, you have been wasting, in the words of Pastor Obey, the talent that God has given to you, that man buried his own, you have put your own on the fire and is melting away. Hallelujah. So here's the thing. If you have not, if you have not heard anything so far, hear that. Your experiences and the things that God has taken you through and your experience of God, they are all very relevant to your witnessing and to your fellowship. Okay. So now let's read Ephesians chapter 4. So Ephesians chapter 4, I read from verse 10, says, He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens, that he might feel all things. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and some and teachers. And verse 12 says, For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Then verse 13 says what he's supposed to achieve. It says, Till we all, till who? Till who? Till we all, everyone, come in the unity of the faith. And of the knowledge of the Son of God. Till we all have unity, we all come in the unity of the faith, and we all come in the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. I will come back to verse 13. But let me talk a bit about verse 11. So, when he says he gave to some apostles, to some prophets, to some evangelists, my understanding, how it was taught to me by, how it was taught to me. Originally, we thought, oh, he gave to some pastors, some, so is he call you and pour oil on your head. Then he call you pastor. They call you, they pour oil on your head, and they call you evangelist. Uh, or you went to a Bible college and you graduate and they give you a certificate and you are now a pastor or an evangelist. So the expectation was that, oh, when they just read to some, you give pastors, you the pastors or the evangelist. And one of the first problems that, that I found, which is where my own t- teaching came in, was that Jesus said we will all be witnesses to him. If I follow that, it means that we are all evangelists. Right? So, who are now the evangelists? 
So what it means is that it gives to some the ability to express in different ways. To some the ability to grow and gather and tend and lead pastors. Right? To some the ability to just keep talking, keep talking, keep keep spreading the good news, keep spreading the good news and not take time to actually spend time in one place. Do you understand? It is not the starting of the church or the preaching or the pulpit. It is your experience and your ability to express him. Does that make sense? So, whatever that you have gone through, however that you have gone through it, whether you can teach it, whether you can talk about it, whether you can whatever, whether you can just pray about it. There are some people who may not be able to teach you God's word, but they know how to pray with you. They can hold your hand and as they are praying with you, you are getting encouraged, right? There are some people who are good at that. There are some people who are good at attending to your needs. Right? Whatever it is, it says, for the what? The perfecting of the saints. So when we say we fellowship together in a church, it is still we all come to perfection in Christ. See, we all come to perfection in Christ. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry. And if you have gone through membership school in this church, we have explained um, ministry. We've explained ministry as service that is rendered to God for the benefit of man. How many people have gone to membership school and you remember it? Okay, so we've explained ministry as service rendered to God for the benefit of man. So the people who benefit from your service is man. But you are not rendering it to them. You are rendering it to God. That's what we've explained. We explained ministry as in our membership school, right? Okay. So if I take that and put it over verse 12, it says, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry. It means that that same thing, that same expression, that same experience, that same thing that you have gone through, those same, the same experiences of God that you have, is for you to use for the benefit of other people. But do it as a service being rendered unto God. Does that make sense? So I, ex- I have experienced God's ability to give direction. But I only hold it to myself. When they are talking in church, I sit at the back and pastor preaches and I shout amen, especially when he's saying this week is your week. That's a very fantastic prayer. This week is your week. It was last week the devil's week. Okay, so that was a joke. That was a joke. Don't take it literally. But we love we we love that, right? And you see that the back and you yell, Amen. And we hear people talking, and you see that people are going through experiences where they need direction. They don't understand how to get direction from God. And you who have you have gone through it. You're just there, you just throw and you walk and you pass and you go home. And you go on to declaring this week is your week. A very selfish Christian. Very selfish one. Hallelujah. So one of the things that, okay, before I go on reading, one of the things that um, 
you probably had expected when you hear that we're going to be talking about being part and functioning in a local church, that you'll be hearing how you should join a unit. I, yeah, it's good. Join a unit. But some people are burdens even in the unit. It's true. You join the unit, they have a record of your name. It's good. In our church, we encourage you to join. We use our unit for follow-up. So please join the unit. But you see, if you don't understand why you're in church, even if you join the unit, you'll still be a burden to the unit. You'll be a bigger burden to the unit because in the church, we are so many, we can overlook your body. <laughs> but in that unit, you are not that much. Right? But you see, if you understand what we are about, what the church is about, right? Wherever you join, whatever you are a part of, even in that church, you become a blessing to everybody. You become a blessing to everybody. Hallelujah. Okay. So let's continue. Um, I stopped at verse 12. I said, for the work of, min- uh, for the, work of the ministry... For the edifying of the body of Christ. To lift up, to encourage the body of Christ. Now to verse 13. It says, Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man. So, let me just finish. It says, To the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So the first way I will say it is this. We are supposed to keep strengthening and keep encouraging each other till we all come to the measure of the fullness of the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So it's a continuous thing. Right? What it means is that wherever you find yourself, whatever church you find yourself, wherever you find yourself in the midst of Christians, you are supposed to continuously be a strengthener. continuously, till they grow. You can't say, oh, I started from here, the person is not here, so I can stop. No. Till we all come to what? Not come to where you are now. You are not the yardstick for measuring where we all need to get to. And this is one thing we see in church. So those who think that they are encouraging people, it's a good thing. You are working with people and you are in church, you are fellowshipping together, and then you begin to look at people and begin to look at your standard and imagine them coming up to where you are. Sorry, you are not the measurement of the you are not the measurement of where they're supposed to be. It says to the stature of the fullness of Christ. Christ is the yardstick. What it means is that even you still need to be strengthened. So we are supposed to strengthen and be strengthened. Does that make sense? So begin to ask yourself, as, as, we have, as we're having this conversation, just be asking yourself, what are the things that God has taken me through? What ways can I be of help or value to people in the church? What ways? What ways? So in essence, what I'm asking you is look, check for all your talents. You probably have five and you're only using two. <laughs> then check for your talents. You have you probably have one. 
and you left it in your village when you were coming to Lagos. You probably have two and you're using one. Are we together? Say to your neighbor, don't be a burden in the church. To be a burden in the church, when they say you're a burden in the church, it doesn't mean that you are always asking for things so you are no. It means that you are also giving. Not that I've mentioned giving now, some people's mind just went to money. It's a problem. It's one of the biggest problems we have in the church. There are certain things we cannot talk about in the church, money must come in. Because we have centered our entire problem in this life around it. It is a very important part of it. Because of the way our world is. So that's a fact. But you see, that thinking has deprived us of having a better understanding of God. So you must first, if you must understand God for God, you must first try to arrange, arrange that thinking. You must also be giving. You must also be strengthening. You must also be helping. You must also be helping to equip the saints as you are getting equipped. Right? If you read the stories of the early church, I didn't want to, I didn't want to go into all of that. I just wanted to talk about uh, these simple things before we go. But if you read those, if you read it, you read about how they had so much concern for each other that they could go out of their way and sell their belongings to bring. Not The selling of the belongings and bringing the belongings was not the important thing. And yes, 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 something I had not mentioned. I, and I think that in, the, in Ephesians, it talks about a bit, I think in the beginning of it. You see, the driving force for every of these things that we have said we must do is the nature of God, which is love. That's what drives everything. So when I strengthen, I, I said, as a what? Service rendered unto who? God. I render that service to God because I know he loves me. And I love him back. That's my expression of my love to God. What drives my, the work I do in the church, what drives my fellowship with my brothers in the church, is my understanding of God's love. And how much responsibility I have to that love. Hallelujah. So everything that they began to do was out of that place. And one of the few people, or the recorded ones, that tried to swindle or game the system, it became a great reference point in the Bible. Ananias and Sapphira. They tried to game that system. And some of us, that's what we are doing. We are gaming the system. And church, are gaming the system. You say, you have to be part, you have to be working. You just join choir. You join or you don't join. You join. On Sunday, you stand there. They sing, you save, they sing. Are you singing or not? Ask yourself, are you using all? Some of you have very good voice. God did not ask you to go and sing in choir. He just asked you to help strengthen somebody. They are there gaming the system. <laughs> the thing that he says you should do, the thing you are using, why you are using one talent, you have buried the many four. Amen? Okay, so that was a joke. For those who do not know, I like I joke a lot. I know you have missed my jokes. Okay. 
But that's it. You are probably using one you are buried for. And there are a lot of people who need it. And after you have sang, it's like the same thing that, hmm, I'm going to, I, I will say it. It's like the same thing that we have started to do with tithes. So some people, the tithe has become an excuse for them in obeying God. See, they say it's 10%. I don't give 10% at the end of the month. Anything pastor is saying, anything that is happening, hmm, 10% and 10%, no more devourer. You give 10% or you don't give 10%. When they say those down to pay tithe, stand up. You stand up or you don't stand up. Hmm. And he's looking at you. So some people, let me not continue making examples so that people will not be getting offended in their homes. But ask yourself, am I using all? Am I using four out of four or one out of four or two out of four? We started by saying that your experiences are relevant. The things that he has taken you through, it's not just for you to become a better person for yourself. It's for you to become a better person to others, for you to become a source of support and help and strength to other people, especially the rough ones. Because we had said that rough metals sharpen faster. Hallelujah. Say, I will not be a burden. Say, I will not be a burden. If the church indeed is a family, then when we walk into the church, when we say we are in the midst of our church, our, our people, we should think like we are in a family. We should behave like we are in a family. We should act like we are in a family. Hallelujah. Say to yourself again, I will not be a selfish Christian. I will be all that God wants for me to be. I will give all that he wants me to give. And I will receive all that he wants me to receive. Hallelujah. So that's the end of my conversation this evening. I hope it was calm enough. Thank you for listening to the CGMI Living Springs Godful Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube at CGMI underscore L Springs.